Our scripture reading today comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 21 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth. When he bows upon them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble, to whom then will, come, will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power. Not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengths the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When I was in high school, our, our senior class had a, a senior trip to Washington, D.C., and we were very excited. And we, we gathered in the parking lot at night together on the bus to, to drive all night, because I guess we were cheap. And so we were riding the bus all night to get to Washington, and all the families brought, the, brought the, 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 their students, and my mom took me, and we... I still have my mask on. Okay, that's better. And uh, so, so we, uh, we, we gathered, and what the people in the parking lot knew, it wasn't a huge parking lot, that, that I did not know was that someone had removed a man cover from a manhole. So, so I had my little suitcase, and I'm just trekking along trying to find the bus where I'm going. It was not, in those days, our, our parking lot was not well lit. You know, it was pretty dark. And so I'm just trucking along and I see an opening. And so I just truck right into it. And next thing I know, woo! I'm falling down and I don't know why. And I hear, watch out, too late. And my little suitcase is holding on. So I'm kind of hanging there like this in the, in the manhole. And my little feet are just dangling. And I'm going, 
what in the world has happened? I didn't know that, you know, I, I, all I knew was that the foundation of the ground had, had disappeared and I had fallen and I was stuck. Sometimes we all get stuck in life, don't we? We all kind of fall in a hole. Something happens and, and woo, everything's going fine. And then, and then COVID gets us. Or, 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 or we, our job is not so secure. A relationship that we were depending on is, is a little, little fragile. Something happens and we fall in a hole in a pit. And, and, and we're just stuck. We don't know what to do when we feel uh, out of sorts. It could be a child that, 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 that does things that we don't understand. All kinds of things happen to us in life and we find ourselves wondering how we're going to go on. Death comes. It's pretty disorienting when you find yourself knocked off your feet. Where did my help come? I'm not sure. It might have been strangers or friends. People surrounded me and they hoisted me up out of that hole and sat me down and made sure I was okay. But of course I was. I was a senior in high school. I'm fine, thank you very much. I'm just going on. I was so humiliated, you know? And I, I, I just went on like, oh, nothing's fine. I, I'm fine, I'm fine. And my kids, my friends, of course, were starting Dale, you fall in a hole. So you know that the rest of the trip was going to be Dale fell in a hole, <laughs> which it was. Well, word get, got back to my mom. You know, I don't know in the, in the parents' gossip, I don't know. Dale fell in a hole. And so she became Mama Bear, and she was out to get me. And she found me, and she said, she said come with me. And I said, no, I'm fine. She said, come with me, you know, Mom. You know how moms are. So I go with her back to the car and we both discover that my pants had ripped and I was bleeding. <laughs> she said, I don't know if you need to go on this trip. And I said, I do. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. So I went back to the bus, got on. We, we were leaving and I saw her in the car crying. I don't know which was worse, seeing my mom cry or, or, or falling in a hole and have to be kidded all week about doing so. So my good friends who like to kid me said, well, not only did you fall in a hole, but you made your mom cry. <laughs> so I heard about it all week. And still today, when I get together with those high school friends, they, they are, that somebody will say, hey, remember, remember when Dale fell in the hole? <laughs> and we just laugh and their wife, our wives just look at us like, is that funny? I don't know. Sooner or later, all of us Fall in a hole. Something happens to us. And so often we may come to church and think we're the only ones. We're the only ones that are struggling with something. We're the only ones. Everybody else's life is, seems to be going okay, but not my life. And we reach out and we need some help. And where does help come? Where does help come? Our help comes from the Lord. If we reach out, if we tell him, if we tell God about our problems and help comes from, from others, this community of faith, this community of grace, this community of mercy, they can help us through those difficult times. 
There have been a number of times in my life when I've found myself in a hole and depressed and, you know, that just comes with it, feeling isolated. One of the main times that, that that's occurred in my life is when, when a tornado came and hit our church and destroyed our house and killed 20 people, including our four-year-old daughter, Hannah. And, and where, where, did, where did our help come from? What, what was that like? It, you know, it was a, it was, it's a hard time. People and reporters kept asking us, how can you still believe in a God after this tragedy has happened? How can you still believe and, and, and be a person of faith after experience suffering? Nothing tests our faith more than how we respond to suffering. No single issue causes more theological and spiritual difficulty than this whole issue of suffering. How can we trust a good God in an evil world? How can we continue to believe in the love of God when there's so much pain and suffering in the world? What I, I think the first step is to accept that suffering comes to all of us. None of us are immune. There will be times when we find ourselves in a dark, troubled place, kind of like on that boat that Berta is talking about when the disciples in the boat were, you know, were, were, were worried and scared about the, about the storm. Rabbi Harold Kushner in his book, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People, says that, says that everybody experiences these, these things. And if you think life is fair, you're just, you've just got it wrong. He said, expecting the world to treat you fairly because you're a good person is like expecting a bull not to charge you because you're a vegetarian. <laughs> Think about it. You'll catch it. The question for us is how we respond to suffering when it comes. Where's the grace? Where's the mercy? Where's the love? When reporters were, were asking my wife and I, you know, how can you still believe in this God in the midst of this, this, uh, this tragedy? I had to say, and I experienced that we are not alone. We were never alone. There were people, strangers, like many of you probably, that prayed for us. Others came to our aid and helped us. There were people ready to hoist us up and set us down on our feet and love us on days that we were depressed and down and celebrated with us when, when on days we felt good and then felt guilty about feeling good. You know how grief goes. On days we didn't want to get out of bed, we had a child who, who wanted to get up and play and we got up and did so. Over time, healing would come. The scripture is true. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In times of stress and turmoil, like we've experienced in 2020 and the beginning of 2021, it's good to remember that God is still at work in the world, ministering to us. God is the wind beneath our wings using strangers and friends and family to help encourage us. Cindy Sapp in this congregation has experienced tragedy in her life 
And I sat down and talked with her this week and wanted to share that conversation with you. We want to welcome Cindy Sapp, um, who sat down to this week and talked to me about her life story. Cindy, welcome to um, our, our worship service today, and thanks for, Thank for coming. And t tell us about Randy, your first husband. Yep, Randy was my first husband, and we were married for 29 years. He was a very outgoing, uh, life of the party type guy. Um, in fact, he was nicknamed mayor of our neighborhood because oh, he liked wow. to go out and talk to people, that sort of thing. Everybody knew who he was. Everybody knew who he was. Um, and he died in two, uh, 2011, mm. uh, died of congestive heart failure. And during that time, the neighborhood was actually my community and was the wind beneath my wings at that time. Uh, had a number of people that were very supportive um, Randy had been ill on and off for quite a while. And so there was a number of people that would help me, like when I was mowing the yard, doing those type things, physical type things that he couldn't do anymore. And in fact, the guy that helped mow our yard was Rufus, and he actually happened to also be a policeman. So the night of Randy's passing, the call came out for a policeman to come to the house, and Rufus was the one that took that call. And um, it was a wonderful moment for me and that I felt like uh, a big weight had been lifted off my shoulders when I saw a face that was familiar, that I saw Rufus, my friend, um, that came because the whole neighborhood was out in the streets because the ambulance had come and the police car had come. And so they pretty much knew that Randy had passed away. Right, and how comforting that is to have, have someone like Rufus come. And, and I think he was a big guy, and he, I bet he gave yes. you a big hug. Yes, and... yes, yes, very much so, very much so. And he was the one that kind of answered all the questions so that I didn't have to and was explaining to the neighbors what was going on. Um, and, and they were there because of their concern and because, you know, they loved Randy. But it was good for me to see that all those people cared, even though he had been sick for a long time. Right. They're, those people were kind of like angels around you, weren't they? They very much were, because it was um, almost like a relief to know that someone that you love so dearly, that other people loved also, and that they were also going to miss them as much and sure. grieve as much as you were. Yeah, well, I'm so sorry for... for, for your loss, but you had some strength to get, get through and, and yes. start over again. And yes. I know you were a member of this church at that time, but then you kind of got real active. Yes, I did. Um, when Randy was sick, I was, you know, coming to church at the 830 service, but came intermittently. And it was after he had passed away. I had, I'm a, I'm a cradle Methodist. I've always gone to church. It's just, you know, something that's in my blood, so to speak. So I started coming here on a regular basis and met a few people in the pews, started going to a Sunday school class, and this one was just for all ladies. And so they really became my spiritual sisters. And so for that first year after um, Randy had passed, they were very supportive. And I had had a mantra that I wasn't going to date anybody until um, a year had passed. And it was one of those ladies that introduced me to Ray and um, started dating Ray Sapp. Him and his first wife, Val, were very active here in the church. And so he was known by a lot of people. You know, a lot of people loved and supported him. And um, he had been, he was widowed also. And so that was why we were introduced, that we had both been widowed. Right. 
started dating from there. So, so your Sunday school class had some matchmakers in it. So they had some matchmakers in it, and they also <laughs> they were also wanted to sprinkle, you know, their fairy dust everywhere because they really wanted both of us to be happy. Sure. sure. And if nothing else, I thought it would be a great friendship, but it developed into to more. And um, so I eventually married Ray right here on this very stage. Wonderful. And um, so this is a good memory sitting up on the stage here again for me. Very good. Um, but it was during the time that Ray was in intensive care that I got a lot of support from this church, past and present. Um, Gary Formby was the minister at that time. He was with me every day at the ICU. Um, Brian Erickson, who married us, heard that Ray was in the hospital, and he came and supported us. Uh, people from our Sunday school class, people I knew from church, of course sent messages, phone calls, came to the hospital. And the one in particular that was my real angel was the first night that I was um, after Ray's surgery. Um, I was there and was staying on, staying, going to stay all night, and so people were starting to leave, and, and Kathy Kilpatrick came just to spend the night with me so that I wouldn't be alone, and she didn't have to say anything. She was just there. She was being with me and um, helping support me. That's, that's great. That, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful testimony of how this church rallied around you and were the wind beneath your wings, the eagle's wings, so to speak, to most help definitely. you get through the, the, the most horrendous time of your life. Right. And, and people always say, what do I do? I don't want to go out. What would I say? You don't have to say anything. No. Just be present and, you know, and, you know just, just be there. And it was um, during that time that um, there was a group of women that we were doing group messages. And it was just sending praying hands or sending hearts didn't have to say anything else. It was just that I thought of you in this moment, and I'm just letting you know. Yeah. And um, so sometimes whenever you are struggling and not even sure why, here was a little, um, a, a little breeze that came through to support you and to get you through a little bit further down the road. And I, a little birdie told me that you kind of support other people when they're going through hardships, even now. <laughs> yeah, I do do that. But it's part of that, um, you know, the whole golden rule thing that we're supposed to be doing. Um, the people treated me so well. And so that I feel like that's almost like my purpose now, um, that I can go and help others, that I had the strength to get through the passing of two husbands because of, of my walk that I have with God. And so if I can take a little bit of that compassion and give it to someone else, then I think that's what we're called to do. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for sharing with us, and thanks for your ministry here in our church and community. Thank you. So next time you see Cindy, you'll have to tell her she looks good on the screen. And share, share, that, share that with others as well. Cindy, Cindy's experiences of friends and family helping her through a tough time is not unique to her. You probably all have experiences where people have helped you from the church or help your family members through some tough time. Um, that's what friends do. That's what friends of Jesus do. Just like um, the, the story that we read last week in the Children's Minute when Jesus' four friends brought, 
brought uh, the paralyzed man to Jesus, that those are four friends that were doing the work of Christ and they climbed upon the roof and let, lowered their friend in to be healed at the feet of Jesus. That's us at our best. And uh, one, one of the things that, ha that was really helpful to us um, after the tornado was we met with uh, several, a lot of people and talked to them about our grief and, and what helped them. And, you know, that, that, that was really helpful. One of the people that we met with was, was Dr. Raymond Moody, who wrote a book called Life After Life. And, um, and, and he, when we had lunch together and, and he got out a little piece of paper and he drew a circle on it and he said, now this is your life. And then he drew, drew a, a smaller circle inside that circle and said, and this is your loss, this is your grief. And, uh, and, and right now that grief is taking up a good bit of your life. And then, but he said, but as life goes on and time passes, your life is going to expand. Now that grief is still gonna be there, that pain is still there, but your life will expand and it won't take up as much of your life as it, as it is right now. That was a very helpful illustration to me of the way um, God works in bringing healing in our lives. We may have fallen in a hole, we may be discouraged right now, we may feel like we don't have hope right now, but over time our lives will continue to grow and expand and the pain that we may be experiencing now will, will, will be small. I don't know um, what what, uh, what brings solace to you. One of the things that helps me is walking in the woods. Last year, um, I, I, was, I, I backpacked about 700 miles on the Appalachian Trail. That's a lot of days and nights on the trail. And it was a wonderful time to go during, during an election season. I didn't have to listen to the commercials. I didn't get involved in any of that stuff because it really makes my blood pressure go up, I think. I, you know, I just got to go and escape in the woods. And, and one of the things that the woods teaches you is that uh, in the long run, in a hundred years, which a forest, a tree may be a hundred years old, 80 years, um, we, what we think is so important is probably not that big a deal. You know, over time, it's gonna level out. It's gonna be okay. The forest, the trees, they teach us to look at the long run long long time tree time and not just the things that we're so upset about this week and this month and this year you know over the long stretch of time it's it's not that big a deal in the beginning of of this year it's been kind of rough it's not been as positive as we had hoped but a question for us what is what hurts what brings us healing what brings us peace Where's the wind beneath your wings? What's helping you soar and fly? What has helped you soar and fly in the past? Remember those things. Remember that you can be, as the Irish say, in the palm of God's hand. And may that bring you peace and healing. Let us pray together. Help us, O oh God, remember how you have been with us in the past and be reminded that you are with us now in the present and that you will be with us in the future. Help us, O oh God, to embrace the way that you are with us. These things we pray in Christ's name. Amen.